0: welcome to the online course masters show where you will learn how to create and sell online courses i'm your host phil ebner and with jeremy deegan we're excited to dive into another great topic today as always this one is about course formats and choosing what your course is going to look like depending on what you're teaching visit onlinecoursemasters.com for show notes to view the video version of this episode and to see an archive of all our past episodes and guests And while you're listening, make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening and leave a rating and a review, which helps us reach an even larger audience and continue to put out great content for free like this podcast. We truly appreciate that. Jeremy, back at it, talking about course formats. How's it going? Oh, it's going good, man. Uh, How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Um, Yeah, just uh, excited to be back. I'm really excited about this series of episodes and this season of the show. Uh, I know something we've talked about is including some interviews that we can sprinkle between some of these episodes about... I mean, it's really sort of a masterclass about teaching online courses. And who knows, actually, we might have included some interviews between but just so the listeners know our idea with this entire season while we go on is that we're we've got these lessons planned that or these episodes planned taking each topic that someone would be interested in for online course creation and we're going through the entire process each episode one at a mm-hmm. time uh, but we know that students or <laughs> I keep thinking this is the class but this is a podcast we know that listeners uh, are interested and still like the interview so as much as possible, uh, once we're done recording these lessons, these episodes, we're going to be trying to interview other uh, online course creators as well and sprinkle them in between. Um, but yeah, hopefully people are enjoying this this season. I, I'm really enjoying chatting with you about all the topics so far. <laughs> yeah, man it's it's been a, it's been an awesome ride and. It's just crazy
1: because, you know, we've talked about looking at these and doing shorter courses and we just really get into it yeah. and just more ideas pop up and they become a uh, little longer episodes. But I think it's great. I really hope that everyone is really enjoying them and, and getting a lot of information out of them. Uh, we always uh, start out with like maybe a little fun thing about us mm-hmm. or we like to talk about ourselves a little bit just so people get to uh, know us a little bit better. And we were going to talk about travel. Um I, I myself haven't traveled a whole lot, but let's start with you. Where uh, where have you traveled, or what some of your favorite places that you've been to?
0: Yeah, I've been pretty fortunate to travel a bit. I um, as a kid, I didn't travel really that much, except for around California, Grand Canyon, those kind of t- typical close places from anyone for anyone growing up in SoCal. But in college, I w- was fortunate to study abroad in Germany, which really opened me up to travel and I was in Germany in Bonn for a semester and from there I got to travel all over the place and one of the places that I would say is my favorite place to travel is Switzerland which is where my family's Mm -hmm. from but specifically uh, there's a town called Sion where my actual uh, great-grandfather is from and this town is like just so idyllic it's got these two it's in this big valley so imagine like the picturesque swiss valley perfect mountains and then in between this valley there's like these two peaks and on one peak is a castle and on the other peak is this really really old church and um it's just this like magical place and you can just walk up to both places and um it's actually where i proposed to my wife uh because i went there when i was in school and then i took isabel back there afterwards uh, a few years well many years later actually but i knew from when i went there that that's where i wanted to propose so (laughs) it took quite a bit of work to get isabel back there with me uh but it's just what i mean switzerland I feel like for me growing up, it was always on my radar because that's where my family's from. So I have relatives still there, but there's a lot of people I talk to and they're like, wait, Sweden, what are you talking about, Switzerland? And so I feel like a <laughs> lot of people don't know about Switzerland, but I don't know. I feel like it's, uh, it's one of those places where if the cost of living wasn't that high, uh, yeah. I would definitely want to settle down there. It's, it's an amazing place. Uh, what about you? Any favorite places you've traveled? Um, yeah, I've,
1: I've lived in, uh, Florida my whole life. I've been up and down the East coast numerous times. I haven't really gotten out and seen the world as much as I'd like to, um, plans to change that though coming up. We want to take the family to definitely travel a lot more than I did. Um, but I've been to a couple cool places. I got to go to BC, Canada when I was younger. Uh, that was uh, beautiful, uh, I got to ski for the first time and the town that, uh, that we stayed in was just, it was like snowing and just like really picturesque kind of place. I thought, I thought that was really cool. I got to go to Costa Rica, mm-hmm. uh, which is the only other time that I've been out of the U S and, you know, being a surfer, uh, that was a lot of fun because uh, I got to ride some waves. And man, I got there the first day, and I was able to keep up. Florida, we don't get—I mean, we get huge hurricane swells, but we don't have like awesome surf all the time, mm-hmm. like Australia, California, and Hawaii. Um, so you know, I'm not used to the real big waves. <laughs> so you know, I was—I was—I was surfing six, seven feet waves, no problem. But then the next day, it went to like ten. Um, the next day, it went to twelve or fourteen.
0: I was like, okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to die on this train. <laughs> yeah, man, um, that, that's awesome. I I surfed quite a bit in high school and a little bit afterwards, but it's one of those hobbies that I just kind of stopped doing. But mm-hmm. man, surfing is awesome. It's like yeah. one of those things. It's like it's like the best antidote to feeling bad and stressed and and just not wanting to like think about anything else except for just being out there it's oh you're just you're floating on the water
1: and the sun's coming down you're getting some vitamin c Mm -hmm. uh, as we call it um and you know one thing that i love about it so much is that i I go out on a sunday morning and there's just 50 60 year old pluses out there Mm -hmm. riding longboards how many sports do you know where you're going to be in your 50s and 60s and you're still going to be out there uh, doing it, you know. And I always found that really cool that you just see all these old folks out there still having a good time. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, Real quick, is there anywhere that you haven't been that you'd like to go to?
0: Oh, I mean, one of my goals is like to hit each continent. Just, I guess, there's no real reason other than I think that would be cool. Um, Mm -hmm. And actually just... I was talking to Isabel um, last week and she her best friend from college, she's a Catholic uh, relief worker in Africa right now. And right now she's in Mali, which is pretty dangerous, um, but she's moving placements to either Sierra Leone or Ghana, I think. And she said those are two fairly safe places. And she's been wanting us to visit her in Africa for a while. And uh, we talked about after we have the the twins trying to go there before they're they're they pass two years old because there's like the flight. uh, If they're under two or under, I think they're still free. So (laughs) after that, like the cost doubles. So we're like literally just talking about, man, we should go to Africa in the next couple of years. Um, And I mean... It's funny because I feel like that's probably stresses a lot of people out, and people might be like, Oh, you can't do that with twins. That's going to be too hard. But I've got like aunts who have two girls and they go everywhere with them. I mean, when they had like a kid that was like six months old and they went to France, and it's just like, you just got to do it. So that's kind of my mindset. It's like, we can do it. We just got to do it. I mean, who knows? We'll see. I don't know what it's like to have twins, and I might be you know, biting my tongue in a couple years, but our goal is is Africa uh, in the next couple years. What about you? Any place, any any dream locations for surfing or just for visiting? Uh, I just, I I would love to see the world. (laughs) I mean, I
1: think you know all the all the beautiful spots that I think of like Australia and Hawaii and and those kinds of places. Um, I've always wanted uh, to see like the big monuments, so mm-hmm. I've always been interested in that kind of history. Mm-hmm. So I think going to like Egypt would be awesome, or going to. Um, uh, Central or South America, mm-hmm. where the Inca Mayan uh, ruins and all those different kinds of things are. Um, and then, uh, of course, Europe. Um, where, where's the... Is it Venice that has the waterways Yeah, that Venice. You take the boats everywhere? Yeah. I always thought that would be really cool, mm-hmm. you know? So,
0: yeah, definitely uh, a lot of different places, I think, would be awesome to, to go travel and check out. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's one of the benefits of teaching online classes is, is if you can build it to, you know, full-time income and be your own boss, you have that mm-hmm. flexibility of um, taking it off. And that's actually an episode we're going to be doing uh, coming up in a few episodes talking about sort of that work-life balance of, of how you make time to create online classes with a full-time job or with a part-time job, but also when is it time to go at it on your own. But mm-hmm. before we get to all that and before we turn this into a travel podcast, We do want to help people out with creating online courses and this episode uh, might be a shorter one. We'll see. I always say that never ends up happening. But this one's all about course formats and it's choosing what type of format your course should be, whether it's a slideshow based course, if it's a screencast based course where you're Mm -hmm. doing something on the computer If it's a talking head course or if it's more of a an actual demonstration course where it's not just talking head but you're actually on camera doing something Um, so I guess let's first talk about the different types of courses that people might be teaching and what kind of makes sense for course formats yeah, this is something to really start uh, thinking
1: about. You know, if, if we're talking about the progression of where we've gotten to, we've researched our course and we've written our script. Uh, now we're going to start getting into recording and in, in the editing process. And, and this part kind of hangs up a lot of people. Uh, a lot of people are proficient in their skill but maybe they're not as technical and I think this scares a lot of people and it doesn't have to be scary at all. Um, so we want to just help alleviate some of that pain and just get you into thinking about what you might want to use. Now, later on in some other episodes, we'll dive more deep into like equipment Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. We'll, we'll talk about it a little bit now, but, um, so, you might have you know a technical course where you're teaching some software, uh, you're teaching how to program, you know something that's a little more technical. You might have an informational or maybe a theory type course, um, which is more where you're not really showing them s- how to do specific things, mm-hmm. but you're talking about the why you would do something or how you would go about it. Um, then we talk about uh, personal development. So this could be a range of things. Maybe it's uh, productivity or time management. Um, you know, leadership. Maybe different things that would help you in in that personal development. And then maybe some um, some skills like you know drawing or dog training or, or things that are uh, more skill based. Maybe not so technical, but It talks about uh, a certain skill that you have so let's go through uh i think maybe we should start first by talking about the different types of course formats and then maybe we can talk about how we would pair these up Mm -hmm. with the types of courses yeah so um the first one is talking
0: head Mm -hmm. so do you want to take the role and kind of describe what that's about yeah so talking head is well what it sounds like you're on camera and um Some of these can be a combination where you're on camera and then there's also bullet points or maybe you're going cutting between slides or even screencast or demonstration. But really, the bulk of your class is going to be just you talking. Um, So for me, I feel like the ones that this makes the most sense in are those personal development classes uh, where you're teaching someone a soft skill Something that you're not showing them how to do something. Um, And I think that's really what it is, is where you got to think about how is the student going to learn best? Mm -hmm. If you're teaching a dog training class or an art class on drawing, is just talking on camera going to be the best way for a student to learn? Probably not. I mean, I couldn't teach an Adobe Premiere video editing course by just doing a talking head video. Um, So I feel like talking head in itself can be a style, but it also Mm -hmm. can just be a part of your courses. And we'll talk more about why talking head is good in just a minute. But I think one style that's probably easier for people and it's the best way to get started is sort of that just screencast or that slideshow-based course with a voiceover, which you can do a lot of courses with. Even if it would might be better with talking heads, such as a dog training class, you could do it just with slides. Now, that might not be the best learning experience for the student, but it's it's an option for when you're getting started. Uh, so, is there anything else like with screencasts or slideshow courses that um, you know what what types of courses work well with those? formats.
1: Yeah. So sometimes we talk about these two together. So when we talk about screencasts, it's uh, actually recording whatever is going on on your screen. Now, this is good for, you know, like technical courses. So if you're teaching someone how to program and you want to show them the code and show them you typing the code out as you're doing it, Uh, you are going to screencast. You're going to record yourself. Uh, Adobe Photoshop course, if I'm teaching someone Photoshop, I am showing them the program. I'm recording myself using Photoshop and showing them that. Now, when we talk about slides, we're talking about presentation slides, so things like PowerPoint or mm-hmm. Keynote. Um, and typically, the way that that works is it's still a screencast, and that's why we talk about these together. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, instead of screencasting you using a program, you're just screencasting you going through the slides and talking about them. So the slides are really good for like informational and theory-type courses. Uh, if I'm doing a history course, um, I don't really need to, you know, talking head might be nice, but slides are really great because it's really heavy informational base. Mm -hmm. You're giving years and data and things like that. So it's really good to have some slides. Language courses, uh, probably another good one for slides where
0: you want to have text on the screen as well as you don't necessarily have to have talking head, but um, just being able to read the text is probably Mm -hmm. beneficial when you're learning a new language. So that's one I would think of. Yeah, and and, uh, again, you can use a combination of
1: these. We'll talk about this in a minute, but sometimes you can can combine all of these or have a mix of them. Um, So, you know, the screencast of slides is typically recording the screen. So talking head is you on the camera. Uh, We have the screencast of slides. And then, you know, there's another type, which is uh, demonstration type. So this is a a little bit different um, because you are actually recording uh, you doing something. Yeah. So what are some good examples of uh, demonstration type
0: recordings? I think cooking, arts, mm. crafts, um, dog training, like I mentioned before, photography, sometimes it's better to actually be there with a camera. And this is just, again, think about your student and think what would be the easiest and best way for someone to learn this skill? It, it, would it be easier if I was just doing a s- slideshow teaching someone about how to take better photos with examples or would it be better if i was actually out in the field talking through an example i mean sometimes it's obvious like if you're doing an art class and you're you're doing you know hand drawn lettering or sewing mm-hmm. it really need you really need to show what you're actually doing on camera but that demonstration style course is probably the hardest to actually do uh, in terms of the production of it, because you are filming out in the field, or sometimes you could be in your office or at a desk or something. But compared to screencasts and slides or just a talking head where you're just sitting there talking, this is definitely going to be the most work. Um, but it's also going to be the best type of course for for those kinds of classes. Uh, so those are kind of the different types. But like you said, I think it's very possible that we use multiple kinds of filming or formats within the same type of class. Uh, Do you have Mm -hmm. examples of when this would be more applicable?
1: Yeah, so you can do this for a lot of courses. I've done it, um, you know, in most of my courses, I'll have a talking head where I'm introducing or saying hi to the students, and then maybe I get into the screencast section or the slide section. Um, So, you know, maybe you have a cooking class and you use your talking head to introduce the sections Mm -hmm. and use your talking head when you want to pop in and just look at the camera and talk directly to the student about something specific. Then you might use uh, maybe some slides for like the recipes. So you say, okay, today we're going to bake this cake and you're talking to the student and you say, let me show you the recipe that we're going to be using. So you jump over to a slide and on that slide, maybe you've got the the recipes or the order of the way you'll be cooking it. So whoever's taking the course might maybe can write that down or, or have that mental note of what's going on. And then you go into the demonstration, which is the camera showing you how to do the actual baking of that cake. And so you can really start thinking about the different ways to go about combining these Even a programming course that I'm working on now, it's the same thing. I do talking head to talk to them, tell them about a project or or so forth. I go into slides and talking about how uh, the programming language works and the syntax that we're going to use and why things are the way that they are. But then I go into a screencast where I'm showing them how to write that code out. So you you can mix all these up, but I don't want people to feel like this is too overwhelming because I know I started uh very easily and I'm pretty sure you did too. Mm-hmm. Uh you hear all these sayings and you know people who aren't technical they might get a little scared and uh, oh no I gotta have cameras and screencast software and PowerPoint and all these different things. Uh, so let's talk about let's let's bring it back for a minute and just talk about the simplicity of yeah. creating a course and, and how we can do
0: that. I think it's okay to create that sort of MVP minimum viable product course and especially when you're starting out with just slides and screencast, and I think that's how everyone should start. Um, Unless you have experience filming um, or you're really gung-ho and you have the budget to purchase the right equipment for talking head or demonstration style, um, I would say just start out with some sort of slideshow based course or screencast. And and that's usually okay uh, for most courses. And sometimes talking head is kind of not necessary for a lot of lessons. Even in my classes when I'm talking about digital marketing or or even a photography skill, sometimes it is totally fine if it's just a, a slideshow or something like that. But I like to add talking head because I feel like it ups the production value of the course. It separates and differentiates me from other classes. But when you're just getting started out, I think it's definitely okay to just do a slideshow or a screencast course. And those are pretty simple. I think one question that I get a lot is um, moving on to why why should I have talking head? Why would Mm -hmm. I include talking head? And I think there's actually a lot of benefit to that. Um, I don't have studies to to name, but I, I feel like I've read studies that show that having a talking head style video actually helps build a connection with you and the viewer. And that's, the reason why I do encourage you to try to add some talking head videos. And it doesn't have to be throughout the, the entire course, and you don't have to have a full Hollywood-style studio to record your talking <laughs> heads, even if it's just a webcam, doing sort of introductions, like you said, to a section, or uh, just breaking up the content, especially at the beginning of the course, if you could do your yeah. promo video, or just did the introductory video of your class, With some Mm -hmm. talking head. I think that helps a lot because it does build that connection uh, with the viewer. Um, Any other, any kind of tips for getting started with talking head that you want to mention here?
1: Yeah, I usually. I usually do a talking head at least at the very minimum introduction and outro. Yeah. So
0: um, I
1: feel like it builds that connection. I feel like people can put a face with the voice, so it just helps kind of uh, make that transition easy. That you you can see who you're talking to, and like you said, it helps build that trust and uh, that personal brand a little more. So I usually try to at least at the minimum introduce the course, even if it's a minute, you know, two minute quick thing. Hey, how's it going? My name's Jeremy. This is what the course is about. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. And then go into the slides. That's yeah. totally fine. Now, I you know, I, I didn't start that way. I, my first course was, was just completely screencast. And the reason why we say screencast is easier is it's a little easier to pick up and learn. And it's usually really cheap. You can get free software. You can get very cheap software, mm-hmm. Screencast-O-Matic. Uh, I don't know if they raised the price. When I got it, it was like $15 for a year. And I all my first courses was on that software. For. So very cheaply, I could get into it. But then, as I grew and more revenue came in, I was able to, uh, you know, get some equipment. I invested into a nice camera. I started off with the one on the webcam right now, the Logitech C920, and was able to uh, introduce those talking heads. And it starts getting people to know me, uh, know who I am, and, and get more comfort- comfortable about me. Um, and now you know, like I said, try to do the intro, try to do the outro, um, and then maybe you know, in the sections, if if they're all screencasts, maybe you introduce each section and you pop on the camera real mm-hmm. quick just to remind them who you are. Hey, how's it going, y'all? I hope you're enjoying the course. Um, I think this is what you're gonna learn switching
0: up the format too throughout a course helps break up the monotony. Keeps it, yeah, it keeps it interesting. It keep, yeah, it? exactly. It keeps it interesting, and that's one of the things with our photography masterclass that I'm the new version that I'm recording and editing right now that we try to do was switch it up a lot of it is yeah. talking head uh, where we're in our studio and we're showing examples but then we switch it up with demonstrations of us out in the field demonstrating a specific style or going through the settings of a camera even within an episode it might jump from us in studio with slides and then out in the field and yeah. the slides don't necessarily have to be a PowerPoint. You can add slides with different video editors. You can create the slide or just add bullet points right there. Uh, one thing that we've done in that class a lot of too is we were filming on a white background so that we can actually add kind of text in the background mm-hmm. or we can make ourselves really small with a white, big white background and include sort of bullet points or slides actually in the talking head video itself uh, which is could be a kind of a cool style um, I know another
1: thing another thing that you did was uh, that I noticed in one of your courses um that I thought was really cool is you would go into a talking head style full frame mm-hmm. and then you would cut to a split screen yeah. half frame and then you would do like a color on the side mm-hmm. you know like a red or a blue and then you would have the bullet points pop up on the side Um, I thought that was a good technique, not just because it it looked nice and it it broke up the monotony of the course, but uh, it's it's also easier editing. Isn't that right?
0: Yeah, totally. And this is actually surprisingly one of the most uh, frequent questions I get is like, how do you actually do a split screen video? And I think people are talking about that kind of style, which if you're kind of watching this, uh, hopefully you could or listening to this, you can imagine where. I'm on half of the screen and then the other half of the screen is sort of just a color backdrop or a color slide with some bullet points. Um, Or it could be sort of that style where it's a full screencast or a full slide, but the talking head video is in the bottom corner. And there's there's a couple easy ways to do this and then there's sort of the more difficult way. The easiest, and we'll talk more about the equipment you need for these different styles in a second, But is with software like Screencast-O-Matic, ScreenFlow, Camtasia, these sort of screencasting softwares, you can actually record video with that. And so Mm -hmm. you're actually recording your screen, the video, and then it is all synced up automatically. And it's really Mm -hmm. easy. Just it automatically happens where you're in the bottom corner and you can adjust the size of that talking head video. You could make it full screen if you want. But it's all automated so that it's that split-screen style. Or if you want, you have to, if you're recording separately and you want a better camera, you can record with that separate camera, which I do often. And then just in my editing application, I'll create the screen. I'll move the video to the side. And I actually have a couple tutorials on how to do this in Premiere Pro. And ScreenFlow, if you are interested uh, they're on my YouTube channel. So if you go to the Video School Online YouTube channel, youtube.com slash videoschoolonline and search for, I think, split screen on the channel, you'll you'll see those tutorials. Um, but you can really do that with, with anything. And the way I do it is I create my slides after the fact in the editing program, but you could also create them before using any sort of design software like Photoshop mm-hmm. or or even PowerPoint. Um, and then import those slides as images to your video editor uh, rather than recording the slideshow while you're talking through your screencasting app. So I know this is getting really kind of um, nitty-gritty. We're talking a lot about different equipment, Um, yeah,
1: we're gonna we're gonna go through this uh, in more detail in some future episodes. Yeah. We'll we'll get more into some editing and, and different things. I just uh, it, you start getting your mind around what type of lectures you want to have and and how you want to go about uh, recording those. So let's talk about equipment. But before we do that, uh, don't forget to check us out on Facebook. If you go to Facebook and you search Online Course Masters, you can find the group. You can pop in there, say hi to us. If you have any questions, uh, you can comment on uh, this actual episode and we can just start a discussion. If you have more questions about how to do some more of these technical things, we're both in there and we'll help you out. Uh, You can also go to OnlineCourseMasters.com and there is a community button in the top right corner if you take that. It will also redirect you uh, to the group, so you can check that out there. So let's get into some of the equipment, and again, we'll talk more in depth about equipment later on. But let's just start uh, getting our feet wet yeah. on maybe some of the different types of equipment that you might need. Maybe it's best if we go through these um, the way that we started this episode. So the first thing that we have would be a talking head video. Uh, pretty obvious, but for those of who who aren't sure, what all would you need to create a talking head video?
0: Well, you're going to need your camera and you're going to need audio. Um, This could be a webcam that you just hook up to your computer or your laptop and um, you can record your audio directly into your, your computer because most computers have a microphone, but we don't suggest that because the audio quality isn't going to be that good. So if you are recording with your webcam, you'll probably want a usb microphone that you can plug in directly to your your computer so it's all easy you're not having to record on separate devices and it's Mm -hmm. all synced up automatically um so that's kind of like the easiest way i mean other than that you have to have a camera you need a video camera a camcorder uh you can use your smartphone you can use sort of like Mm -hmm. a dslr mirrorless style camera which um you for most people you might know this but it's kind of your traditional uh, photo camera but most of them shoot video nowadays and it looks mm-hmm. really high quality or you can step up and get more of a professional cinema camera as well um, but that's something you'll probably want to do later on um, as you make some money and you have money to invest at its core though using a A web camera is totally fine, especially if you're doing sort of the talking head style where you are in like the bottom corner of the video. I mean, people are watching these videos either on their laptop, but often on a mobile device or a tablet Mm -hmm. where the screen is so small, where the quality doesn't have to be that great and a webcam can look really good Um, and even if you use the internal webcam, Uh, of your computer, that might be all you need. So you don't really need much equipment, but if you upgrade to something like a Logitech C920 or a C930 webcam, that's really going to up your quality for, for talking head videos. Um, yeah. Yeah. And we, and we've talked about this too in
1: the past, you know, uh, video is a little more forgiving than audio. So if, uh, you have to make a choice, uh, say you have a laptop and you have a internal microphone and you have an internal camera, uh, and then you say, you know, I have a hundred dollars to spend. What should I buy? Should I get the camera or the microphone? I suggest going with the microphone Mm -hmm. because I, I think that people tend to want, audio quality better than they want video quality. As Phil mentioned, if you're watching this on a smartphone, um, you want the audio quality to come through so they can hear what you're saying, whereas the video, you know, it, though it's important and uh, it's more important if you're doing a technical course like a programming course, but you you just want to make sure that, um, that you have really good audio. So in that yeah. instance, I would recommend getting the microphone. But I mean, this stuff doesn't have to cost expensive. I'm using right now the audio Technica 2100 USB microphone Mm -hmm. it's I I forget the price it's around 50 to 80 dollars the c920 is like 50 to 80 bucks somewhere around there so under 150 200 dollars I have a very nice setup this microphone sounds great the camera sounds great it's not breaking the bank Uh, starting out I didn't have these things again I started out very basically but as I got some revenue and some income I reinvested so that I could get these things now I'm using Using, as as Phil said, a DSLR camera and upping the video quality a little more. But, you know, starting simple, I think, is a a good way to start. Um, We mentioned some uh, screencast software. So let's talk a little bit about that. I started with Screencast-O-Matic. Like I said before, it was like $15 a year. I think it's that cheap. If uh, not, maybe they raise it a couple bucks. I can't remember, but it's a it's an easy way. I know there's uh, OBS, which is a free software. I've tried to use it. It's a little more complicated mm-hmm. to set up. I feel like personally, yeah. Um, I don't I don't want to spend too much time diving into software settings. Yeah. I want to just hit record and go with it. That's why I like screencast Screencastomatic starting out. I recommend people because it's very easy, very intuitive. Uh, And then I use Camtasia now for screencast software. It's a little more advanced. You can do more with it. It's got more effects, uh, more audio options and editing and stuff. Still pretty much says the same thing as Screencast Medic.
0: What do you use? You use ScreenFlow? Yeah, I use ScreenFlow, which is a Mac-based software, uh, which is very similar to Camtasia. But it's What we're talking about is it records your webcam, your screen and audio at the same time, and it's a video editor all in one. So Mm -hmm. you don't have to, you know, export and then import it into another application. It's just you record and you can start editing right away all in one program. And this is great for your slideshow uh, or uh, screencast-based course as well. I mean, with those types of courses, you don't even need a webcam. Um, You'll just need some sort of software to put together your slides, uh, which could be PowerPoint or for free. You could use Google Slides, Canva.com, one of our favorite tools for graphic design. You can create slideshows there. And it's as simple as putting those full screen on your computer and starting to record with your screencasting app and then going through your slides. Um, if you're doing a screencast course, all you're doing is recording your screen. So you could be using whatever app you want to teach. Uh, you could be online using Google Chrome, going through you know Instagram if you're doing an Instagram course or whatever, uh, but it's just that screencast app application that you need uh, so that's kind of like the easiest. And then you need your microphone as well. And in that case, you you do need a uh, USB microphone, or I recommend a USB microphone. Like you said, the Audio-Technica ATR2100 is a great option. Um, I'm using the Heil PR40, which is uh, a little bit pricier. I think it's 300 for the, the mic. Um, it's more of a podcasting uh, mic, but I think starting out the The atr 2100 Mm -hmm. or something like the blue snowball less than 50 bucks or the blue yeti Mm -hmm. is a great option Um, in terms of demonstration if you're if you need to do that style you are going to want a separate camera a tripod and you're going to need to record audio separately somehow uh, with something like a lavalier microphone or the lapel microphone those are the types that clips onto your shirt and Mm -hmm. gets you better quality audio if you're standing farther away from the camera. I definitely would not recommend trying to record audio from a microphone on top of the camera or just the internal microphone Mm -hmm. of the camera. The quality is not going to be great, and so you definitely need uh, a lavalier microphone, either wireless, which is great if you're doing something like uh, if you're doing like dog training where you're running around or walking around, um, you're going to Wireless is probably going to be the best option. If you're just sitting there doing like art classes or something like that, a wired lavalier is great. Or you might be able to get away with using a USB microphone. Uh, I mean, you mm-hmm. could even record an art class where you, you're you using your computer. You're using your webcam. It's, you know, showing your desk or whatever you're drawing. And mm-hmm. then you use the USB microphone that's um, out of frame of the camera, but you're just talking into it. So you could mm-hmm. use that. That kind of setup up for a demonstration as well uh, it's hard to not dive into these topics um, too deep with specific models, but I know we have three episodes coming up of the show where we're going to dive specifically into software and recording equipment, audio equipment, video equipment, and tips for using them and setting them up. Uh, so I want to kind of leave it at that. Yeah. any other um, kind of thoughts? About just choosing lecture formats um, before we close it out.
1: Yeah, I was just gonna say, don't don't get too worried. Start off simple, and you can always grow from there. Even you know, I always tell people to create their first course quickly, go through the process, mm-hmm. and learn everything. Mm-hmm. And I, I think this is an important time to do that because you just want to kind of see use what you have and like i said if you have to invest in something maybe get a decent microphone but you if you have a smartphone the cameras on them are awesome now i mean really like there's no reason why people can't use a smartphone or uh their their computer um camera that's built in. So I would say just just start off simple and then you will learn what, what people like and don't like as you grow. Now on Udemy, they have a review team. They're actually going to take a look at your course and tell you like, hey, the video isn't that great, you know, and, and they do this ahead of time. You don't have to publish the whole course. You can send them a test video and they will say like, hey, the audio, it, it sounds really bad. Like, can you do something? And then you say, well, my internal microphone obviously isn't working let me buy a good microphone. So I would just say start off simple um, and grow from there. Uh, We're gonna dive deeper into these topics, so if any of the uh, cameras or the microphones confuse you in this episode, don't worry. We will talk about this stuff a little more as we go on. We're gonna talk about editing, uh, how to use the different softwares, and so forth. So uh, just keep listening, uh, keep enjoying the show, and we will uh, keep on talking about this stuff for you.
0: Yeah, definitely, and I I don't know if you have any resources that you want to mention, but I've got a free webcam videography course that actually goes through the steps that I would do to make your webcam video look better. Uh, A lot of simple tricks that you can do with lighting, with the positioning and all that kind of stuff. So if you go to videoschoolonline.com, go to the courses page and search or scroll down to go to the webcam videography course, it's completely free. That's also included in the mentorship program uh, as a bonus if you're interested in that at OnlineCourseMasters.com and the the mentorship program, it goes through all of these topics. It goes through our recommended equipment, it goes through behind the scenes of shooting courses, setting up your, your audio, your webcam, your regular camera, choosing a great background, lighting your video. But... We're also going to be talking about all of that stuff coming up in the next few episodes. Uh, so as always, just check out onlinecoursemaster.com. Make sure you're a part of the community to um, carry on this conversation. And you can post your test videos there. You can ask us questions. Uh, Jeremy and I will be happy to give you feedback to see your lighting, to see, listen to your audio and give you tips for how you can make it look and sound better. Uh, so until next week, have a beautiful week, a beautiful day, whatever you're doing, and enjoy enjoy life. That's all we want for you, and hopefully we're helping you to become a better course creator. So Jeremy, we'll see you next time, and everyone else, see ya. Uh, talk soon.